<laughs> Greetings, citizens. You're now trapped in a nerd cage with your hosts, Mark and Jay. We hope you have a smashing good time. <laughs> Hello and welcome. That's right. You're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you and I tick. So thank you for joining us tonight. Hit that like button and subscribe. I'm your co-host, Jay St. G, coming to you live from Syracuse, New York, and always with me, my man, The Fiend, from Louisville, Mark Withers. What's shaking, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Super excited to be here, as usual. And yes, today, we're going to take a look at the 30th anniversary of Abel Ferrara's King of New York. Now, for a lot of people, this is going to be a very deep cut. I know some people out there have probably never heard of this movie. Others remember it well. Uh, for us, it's sort of a, a classic gangster movie. Jay, I know yes. that you recently re-watched it. Um, I wanted to sort of get your thoughts on this movie. What do you, know, what do you think about it? It's hella fun. I mean, <laughs> it's not a great movie by any stretch, but my gosh, it's so enjoyable. It's a lot of fun. There's some great dialogue. There's some great action scenes. There's, it, oh, it's it's it, it's one of those movies where you know, grab your forty, grab your blunt, turn this movie <laughs> on and enjoy. I will say this though, um, I'm a huge fan of that era of like g gangster movies. Like for example, I love New Jack City, right? The Hood, but this movie predates both of those movies, right? So yeah. it's definitely a it's kind of interesting because you make it makes you wonder. Despite this movie being a flop, did this movie pave the way for those movies that were yet to come the following year? I mean, it's interesting that you say that because in a way they kind of did sort of touch off an era of this sort of drug kingpin uh, mafia type of films. I mean, I know that we had Goodfellas in the same year which sort of tells the same type of story, but not in a modern, this this was sort of like, sort of the, one of the first modern era gangster films. And it's interesting that you kind of uh, call out New Jack, New Jack City and Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Uh, because in this film, we have a very young Wesley Snipes. Yes. And of course, Lawrence Fishburne in an incredible performance as Jimmy Jump. Uh, Christopher <laughs> Walken is in this thing. I mean, you know, as Frank Knight, which, you know, it may not be a big name to a lot of people, but within the sort of the, the hip hop community in the 90s and the early 2000s, yeah. the Frank White moniker became like very famous through uh, Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls, exactly. Yep. And fun fact, uh, there's a famous picture of, of Biggie where he's got a crown kind of tilted uh, yep. to the side. That is a shout out Direct shout out to this movie. So, and yeah, it's I also referenced in uh, Luke Cage, season one of Luke Cage. They right, that. right, Thanks. right. Yeah, that same picture is actually in the office of Copperhead, <laughs> which eventually, <laughs> you know, for people who, you know, this isn't a big spoiler, but you know, eventually that office becomes Luke Cage's office, and sort of becomes, you know, that that picture becomes sort of the the symbol of who's running New York, who's the king of New York. So I think in in those ways, this is sort of an important film. So, yeah. you know, speaking of, speaking of that, you know, uh, I just kind of wanted to sort of talk about what makes this movie 
you know, what changes in this movie, like, you know, like as far as like, when I first saw it 30 years ago versus now, you know, like my thoughts on, on that. So when I first watched it, you know, I was probably 19, 20 years old. I was really impressed with it, particularly with the action scenes, yeah. with the, you know, with obviously with Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne's performance in it. Um, but there are certain aspects of it that watching it now as an older person, slightly more evolved, both as a pundit and as like an actual person, there's some things in it that really bothered me, particularly the, yeah. mis the misogyny in the film. Mm -hmm. um, you could edit those things out and still have a very good film. So I kind of just wanted to like, like touch base on that. I don't know how you feel about it, Jay. Um, okay, here's what, <laughs> it didn't bother me. <laughs> However, this is how I honestly look at it. I mean, you look at like TV shows on HBO, like like Oz and The Sopranos. I just feel like this moves in the same realm as that. Is you get you get gangsters, a lot of prostitutes, and a lot of strippers. So I think it kind of came when you get a gangster movie. It kind of comes with the territory. That's just how I feel. Well, I, I see where you're coming from though, because in this day and age, it's kind of like you know not projecting women in, in the in the most positive light on top of that like it was it's a, it's a real yeah it's a very male dominated film for sure right right and i'm not entirely sure what abel ferrara's aim was there like i don't know if this is particularly how he views women or if it, or if the characters the female characters in that film actually just fell prey to bad storytelling you know, mm -hmm. because literally every woman in the movie is either, you know, the girlfriend of a drug dealer or is yeah. a prostitute or even the attorney in the film, you know, winds up being, you know, like basically a coke whore, you know, yeah. and, and uh, you know, we had strong, powerful uh, female characters written at the time, but I wonder if it's not so much that he intended for those those characters to be portrayed that way, but he just couldn't find the right narrative to like tell the tell a story, tell a layered story. Because overall, there really isn't a ton of layering as far as um, the characters outside of Frank White. I disagree, because okay. one of the most intriguing parts, and it's damn, you know, you have a point there. It's, they should have built a little bit more on it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to the other side of the movie, the cops. Okay. There's that scene where they, um, where Lawrence Fishburne's character successfully gets out of jail. Right. And they're all pissed, saying Frank's didn't away with murder. We're making jack shit for money. He's making millions of dollars off of murder and drugs and this, this, and that. And finally, the, the red-haired cop was just like, 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 screw it. Let's do something about it. You right. know, the law, the law ain't shit. Let's do, let's do this ourselves. And the chief's just like, don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything stupid. So. This is where I like the movie, this other side of the movie, is that you, you get where they're coming from. They, they can't break the law, but the law's not doing anything to put these guys behind bars, because if whenever they get behind bars, because of the money, because they're lawyers, they, they get away with it and they get out of jail and they're frustrated and they're, and they're fed up with it. So they go, you know, they, they go vigilante and like, I love it. I mean, that's just one thing. There, there's another conflict there in the police force that you know, they're, they're trying to do things by the book and they can't. So I think that's where the, this another, you know, element of the movie where I really like it. I wish we got a little bit more because there was just that one scene, like I just mentioned at the bar, and then you got, of course, they showed the cops at the wedding. 
I wish they could have done a little bit more with those cops because, again, we see. Now listen, I'm all. I like Wesley Snipes better as a bad guy, with the exception of Blade. I think Wesley Snipes is better as a bad guy, but he makes sure. an awesome freaking cop in this movie. And it's a damn shame we didn't see a little bit more of Wesley Snipes' character. But when they, when they do the little, the heist, the, the the heist scene there, where they, you know, they try to end them on their own terms. I mean, that's just that that whole that was like the, one of the best scenarios of the movie. Now, I agree with some of what you're saying, right? So I I like the overall abstract of that part, you know, of that film where these cops, they're seeing, you know, sort of a revolving door with the, with the criminals that they arrest, particularly, you know, the ones that work for Frank White. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're not really seeing much, much progress. They're getting frustrated. And, but there really isn't, aside from that, you really don't see another side of these cops. Like you really, yeah. like it's that, and that's kind of what I mean is that there's not a lot of layering. Like the, the characters are very uh, one dimensional, mm-hmm. you know, like you look at David Crusoe's character, the one you mentioned with the red hair, um, you know, Tommy Flanagan, who's played by Wesley Snipes. Um, yeah. Their captain, they all are following like the classic 80s, like TV cop tropes. Yeah. You know, as far as their frustration and what they're going to do about it. No one's really arguing about, like, hey, this is like a bad idea. You know, like, no one's really like, no, you know what I mean? You're not really getting a lot of depth. And I understand there's a time constraint with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing with the criminals, right? Same thing with the, with, with Frank White's guys. They have this undying fealty towards Frank, but you don't get any, you don't get any like inkling as to why. Like they could have given us some background into like why they're they're so loyal, particularly Jimmy Jump and some of the other characters, Giancarlo Esposito's character. They have this like undying loyalty, and they don't ever explain why. It's just I think okay, I don't. They don't exactly imply, but this is the impression I got was the other gangsters in new york weren't hiring blacks okay and i think that's the impression i got because there's this one scene where you know they raid the italians and they're just like and they you know they said some you know off-color things about that's a good point yeah you're right yeah and so that's the impression i got is frank white took them all in for example you see the scene in the subway where he's getting cozy with his lawyer right and then you know, then those those three um, you know black kids come in there with you know wanting to mug them, and they he, he throws a lot of cash at them, flashes his gun, say, "Hey, come to the Plaza Hotel, ask for Frank." Right. So he was hiring all these blacks, and I think that's what it is: is all the all the blacks knew that like Frank was the only gangster in town that was going right. to treat him well, pay them, and you know. Now I think that's why where the lo- the loyalty came in. They don't. Okay. They don't 100% imply that it's just the impression I got. Right, right. I mean, and you bring up a good point there. I just wish we would have seen a little bit more. More, yeah. You know, yeah, this that, movie, like, yeah you're right. This movie, they, they they dab into these things, but they don't give us enough. Right, right. And and that's, and that, you know, I don't want to give anybody the impression that, I, that I'm not a fan of this movie because there are a lot, there's a lot to like in it. But, yeah. uh, but my main criticism with it is that you know, from a storytelling perspective, you really only get an abstract of what's happening versus, you know, any kind of a deep dive into any of the characters, except yeah. for Frank. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And, even, and even with that character, you don't really get a whole lot. You just kind of get this, you kind of get this vibe of like, okay, I, I want to help the community. And the, the reason why I'm doing all the things that I'm doing is to sort of give back, yeah. you know, like, so with, I mean, you know, with that, I think that, um, you know, you get, you get a lot of good, uh, a lot of good moments with Christopher Walken, but in my yeah. opinion, it's just, at least as a, you know, from the, from the perspective of a, of a, of a film fan now, um, I just don't, I just felt like they could have done a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. Like I said, this, the story is whatever. To me, what makes this enjoyable movie is that it's fun. This right. movie's hella fun. For example, the the beginning, <laughs> the very beginning again. Lawrence Fishburne, probably the, one of his best performances, by the way. But Lawrence Fishburne comes in doing doing a drug deal with the Colombians. Right. Brings in a briefcase, and they're thinking it's money. Full <laughs> of oh, yeah. tampons, and he's like, "What is this shit?" He's like, "Those are for the butt buttholes, motherfucker." <laughs> right. Right. Well, even there's so much. Th there's so many of those moments throughout the whole movie that keep you engaged and it's just hella entertaining like wow <laughs> right well the, you know i think that the the more interesting no, not a dog part moment. of that scene the more interesting part of that scene to me is like his demeanor like before the whole thing like goes yeah. down right so he's like just sort of being a goof yeah. you know and basically like Hey, like I'm thirsty. Like, can I can I get a soda? Can you know what I mean? Like, asking the guy, like, yo, I got to go back to that here. Right, and they go back to that, and then like, as the as the deal's going down, you know what I mean? Like, he he goes to hand the guy the briefcase, and the guy goes to take, it, and he's like, "Where's my soda?" You know what I mean? Like, just like constantly like making fun of him. You know what I mean? Like, and that's he's he's without a doubt like one of the bright spots of this yes. movie like you know yes. what i mean like and this is a year before like the world knew him as furious styles mm -hmm. in hood and then several years before of course we all got to know him as morpheus which is probably yes. a famous role well I mean, he was actually well, on lawrence fishborn was in Pee Wee herman uh right he and, was uh cowboy curtis yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, well, time ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was like what five or six years before that right uh, um but yeah the uh but yeah i think this was like the first time and here's this interesting point though if you watch the credits both opening and closing credits his name's not lawrence fishborn it's larry fishborn right he was referred <laughs> to as in the credits as larry i'm like oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah that's oh, yeah, interesting. he steals the show, no doubt. He steals the show again. Was a great performance from Wesley Snipes. Christopher Walken again with the goofy Frankenstein haircut and the goofy dances, and <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a Christopher Walken movie. Probably his best performance outside his cameo from Pulp Fiction. I agree with that. I, I yeah, this is the movie that actually like made me aware of Christopher Walken. Yeah. Like I had heard the name before. Like he'd been in some really big movies, like The Deer Hunter and Dogs of War, and some other ones, McBain. But um, he, you know, I had never actually seen him in anything that I remembered. And then this movie came out, and I remember like for a few years after that, I was like constantly quoting things that Frank White said because, yeah. <laughs> because he was just so interesting, you know? Um, but, you know, one of the other things that I really like loved about this movie is it has my favorite actor of all time, Giancarlo mm -hmm. Esposito, 
very early in his career. Yes. Very different performance than the types of performances that we see him in now. Like, you know, like we, we know him as Gustavo Fring. Yep. We know him as the head of VOD in The Boys and some of some of his other performances that are just like really strong, powerful, like boss type of roles. Here he's like just very clearly just like a young gangster, like very energetic, very like passionate. A very different type of Giancarlo that that we're used to seeing, and you know, I had I had actually forgotten that he was in this movie. So did I. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a nice that was a nice thing for me to to see. That was cool. Yeah, and, and some other scenes I, I need I need to like gush over. Um, I obviously the part where Lawrence Fishburne gets uh he gets arrested at the at the at the chicken joint. Right. Uh, which I, I feel like he steals the show in like every scene he's in. Like, and then of course, uh, I guess I'm going into spoiler territory here, but the pretty much the, the, the his showdown with Wesley Snipes there. Right. And probably one of the more memorable deaths I've ever seen because Lawrence Fishburne's laugh. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> he's got this like Joker esque laugh, and he know he knows even though he's about to die, he knows he's won. Because the cops did what they weren't they supposed failed. to do, right? Yes, and that, and that's I, I feel like it's a it's a really really powerful scene. And then after that, the movie kind of goes downhill from there because it, I mean, the, the, I feel like the finale really wasn't that great. But that scene, but that showdown between Wesley and uh, Lawrence is just it's, it's dynamite, and that's why yeah. that's why like I said, the movie. Like I said, the story not be, may not be the greatest, but the execution is definitely there for what you're given, and it's just—it's a hell of a fun movie. It's—it it really is. It's—I—I I, I had a field day watch, rewatching it. Highly recommend to anybody to check it out or rewatch it. It's readily available on Amazon Prime, so I don't know if there's any other platforms, but Amazon Prime has it. It's there. Check it out. Yeah, it's definitely worth a watch, you know. I mean, you're not spending anything if you have Amazon Prime, you know. And yeah. it's it's not it's not even a two hour movie. So yeah. you know, I, I would recommend it for that reason, you know, just just to see all of these early uh these these early performances of, of of people who have gone on to be big stars you know i'm a big fan of like films where we can kind of take a look back and see like before they were famous you know yeah. like you know the, some of the people we mentioned before wesley snipes david caruso uh you know you've got giancarlo esposito and um you've got uh, harold perrineau who uh, a lot of people will recognize as michael from lost he was also in Oz. He was also in The Best Man. A lot of big movies, uh, you know, that's a lot of big movies and TV shows that sort of came out in the early 2000s. He was a very big part of. Mm -hmm. But he actually played one of the subway thugs that approaches uh, Christopher oh. Walken. He's the one that, like, you know, when Christopher Walken throws the wad of cash, he catches it. Yes. That was okay. him. That yes. was like, I believe okay. that might have even been his very Oz, first role. I'm like, I'm like, and then uh, now I got, wow. Yeah, that was him. That's what's lovely, I love about these lookbacks, man. You just mentioned, you hit the nail right in the head. Is <laughs> get to, We get to see these stars that we know and love today and see them back before they really hit big. And, you know, I really hope this, you know, these lookbacks encourage people to, like, check these performances out, you know? Right, right. I mean, you know, whether you love or hate a movie like this, I think that it's, you know, it, it can be beneficial to take time out to, to kind of watch it mm -hmm. just to see how like 
how film in general has evolved and how a lot of these these big stars you know evolved and how their acting was different then versus now yeah now before we go mark uh we were kind of talking about before we went on air so what do you think why did this movie flop um it could be any number of reasons but one of the one of the biggest reasons i think is because it opened against uh, a number of huge films uh goodfellas was out the same weekend um ghost uh pacific heights which was a, a big thriller at the time uh you know there were just so many movies that it out that it just didn't really have a chance and it got critically panned also um roger ebert uh famously said that uh while uh, abel ferrara had this uh great visual style in terms of neo-noir and his you know his use of uh, a visual you know his, you know his basically his his ability to to tell a story of like a gritty dark new york he he didn't have the ability to put that into a successful clear narrative and people took that criticism and kind of like ran with it and expanded on it and so it got universally panned at the time and uh it wound up i i believe the budget for this movie was five million which was already a small budget yeah but uh you know it only did about 2.5 million domestically so i mean it was a tremendous flop i mean they they didn't even come close to breaking even oh it's a, it's a damn shame but yeah when you're going against goodfellas and ghosts and even I remember how big those movies were. <laughs> I wasn't even old enough to see any of those. So, but yeah. Um, well, you know, honestly, for me, I think this is a solid six point five seven out of ten. Just for turn your brain off and enjoy. It's one of those movies, you know. If it's if you got nothing better to do, this this movie is great to fill that void. Right. I would say, yeah, scale of one to ten. I'm not, I'm going to be a little less generous, and I just put it smack in the middle. I would say I would give it a five for a lot of the same reasons that Ebert gave it. Uh, I think that visually it's, it's very, uh, you know, beautifully shot. Um, I love the color palette. Uh, you know, I, I really think that, uh, some of the performances in it are really great. Um, I just think that they could have done a lot more with the character development. And I think that uh, if they had kind of fleshed these characters out a little bit more, made them a little bit more balanced, I think that it could have, I think it could have been a better film. And I also think that it probably would have done better over time. Yeah. And basically, if if you're a fan of New Jack City and Boys in the Hood, if you're a fan of those movies, I feel like this is one that you'll enjoy this too. Right. Okay. So, uh, we uh, our next big look back. Uh, we're we have we're gonna do a couple of them in October, but I think that we the biggest one we're gonna do is we are closing in. Believe it or not, we are closing in on the 40th anniversary on probably what may be the biggest superhero sequel of all time. At least at that time, it was Superman 2 turns yes. 40 October. <laughs> yes. I am so excited to to do uh, to do that one. You know that's gonna now. This is gonna be a deep dive because there's a lot to dissect, and there's two different versions of the movie. Before there was the Snyder cut, there was (laughs) the famous Donner cut, which I have not seen. I have not seen the Donner cut yet. 
I'm going to watch the Donner Cut real soon to get ready for the 40th anniversary of Superman 2. Yeah, there's a lot of history there. I mean, you know, within the production of that film, yep. uh, also with the character, with the Superman character, and there's a lot of interesting things that have to do with Christopher Reeve, the actor. And uh, I just, I'm, I can't wait. This is one of my all-time favorite movies. I've loved this movie ever since it came out. I was nine years old when I saw it for the first time. And uh, I've watched it continuously multiple times every year since yes. that. And, uh, you know, this is the, in my opinion, this is the quintessential superhero film. I, mean, I have a feeling we may have to do a two-parter. Like, yeah, seriously. It's going to be a good one. There's a lot of homework we're gonna. I know Mark's homework's already done. But Mark, <laughs> is, Mark is a human Superman. I am to go. That's right. So, <laughs> and I'm gonna do my deep, my deep digging myself because um, I'm actually excited to go back and watch it. So, so yeah, if, I'm glad you guys are enjoying these lookbacks. Uh, we we've been hearing all the co comments about you know we know what we did for Mortal Kombat and Seven. We appreciate it. We have a lot more coming up. October is gonna be a very special month with lookbacks, and it's gonna be a very special month for guests. I'm sure you guys saw the big reveals. If you if you weren't if you were not at our show um, last Thursday, the big reveal is Matt from Monstrosities will be coming on Nerd Cage Live th live stream Thursday, October 8th, and Zach Householder, guitarist of Whitechapel, will be coming in October 29th, and of course October 15th will be Nerd Cage Live Assemble with us, Dion from Off the Beaten Podcast, and Matt Farden, the famous joker voice that you hear in the nerd cage live intros and outro so you know strap in october is gonna be a blast and we cannot wait to do all we cannot wait october is gonna be the, our biggest month yet and we're looking forward and we're so happy that you everyone here is in for you know joining the ride with us yeah absolutely and you know like you said october is going to be the month and i cannot wait for it you know uh everybody out there that has been really, you know, just kind of like showing up to the live streams and listening to some of these podcasts and giving us feedback. Thank you so much for that. You know, you're only helping us grow and get better. And, you know, these shows are, are, are a good indication of that. And uh, we're only going to continue to grow and get better. So, you know, we really look forward to this month and we hope that you kind of stick around uh, and, and enjoy it with us. Absolutely. So before we go, we uh, pretty please ask you to like, comment subscribe ring that bell and spread this shit like silfa so the usa from louisville to syracuse to all of our friends and fans world around the world at nerd cage live enjoy life stay safe and good night sayonara go yankees <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, trying to get out of the nerd cage are you well before you go hit that subscribe button and if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerdcage Live! Ah! <laughs>